Welcome back to Roll for Blank Streets of Mage! This is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast where each week we find the perfect dungeon that matches a dragon's needs and budget. And this week, we have a four-headed dragon named Rada Maybe, who's an IT specialist and part-time beekeeper with a budget of 6.4 trillion gold pieces. So let's <laughs> check out our first dungeon together. Now I'm sad that's not our podcast. I, I, this was this was my wild idea this morning. I was like, I should do a, you know, Crazy House Hunters uh, intro. <laughs> oh man, I want to be the redecorator. That should be you. Much like your Luminera campaign where you just kicked us around all these other campaigns, you should do something where they go in and just everything is themed by another television show. Oh yeah, that would be great. Okay. I'd go oh, to good. That. Yeah, well, should, should we just scrap this whole thing we've been doing and we'll start this yeah, new one? Yeah, I mean, Murder Blood, but Duncan Bloodspell will probably change his ways. I mean, he'll probably become a good leader. He will stop destroying everything. He'll use union labor. I, I haven't put much work into this, so I'm good. 80 hours, I put that into anything. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this treasure room is going to need paint and the torture chamber, we're going to have to totally gut that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the crown molding, like we're never going to get the vomit and other excretions out of it. We just got to replace it and then put like a, like shower granite. Moving yeah. forward, we have to remember to remove the heads before we put the crowns on the crown molding. I always forget that amateur mistake. That's why we pay you to be on this Can team. I hit something with an ax? <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah, I've got, I have an inspector's report. The encouragement to do a household or whatever thing. <laughs> Always not very encouraging of our home. <laughs> the These inspector said that the uh, the killing floor isn't going to sluice uh, blood and flesh the way that it used to, so we're going to have to have that dredged. But it's actually got not some good bits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back. For real, you're in the middle of a battle. Uh, you you last week you teleported past a skeleton trap as you entered finally into the palace of Santo Palacia. Villa spectacularly did a, a badass tuck roll right through the doors before they closed. But yeah, you finally teleported in. That was cool. And then you found a, a room full of statues of former kings of Santa Palacia, including the decapitated head of the most recent king, kind hero Eustatius. And you found a note in his mouth that basically was uh, spooky. It was like, hey, you, you're going to die. You're going to die if you, if you keep going. And right after that happened, three of the statues came to life and you had to start fighting. Uh, you had to start fighting the uh, barbarian king, Prethos. You had to start fighting Stephen, the bard king, and then the cavalier king, who is actually a centaur. Had to fight him too. Uh, his name is Cavalier McMichael. And you, you fought, you fought long and hard and you took down Stephen, the bard king at the end of last episode. So you're right in the middle of it. We're right in the middle of a battle. Oh, and Polly's controlling a Minotaur. Ah, That's pretty exciting too. I actually, a cat is controlling I took the Minotaur. notes. We, we ah. ended with the cat's turn, Queen Victoria the Meowsome, and she is controlling the Minotaur that has a 10 to hit and a 3d12 damage. Okay, and did the Minotaur kill Steven or was that the previous, Does your what does your notes say? No, oh. I feel like Minotaur cat combo killed that because oh, okay. I liked that we all fought really hard, but the deranged cat wins. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, then, yeah. 
Maybe so here we are. So we're, we're back into it, and we are just going to go right up to the top of the order again after that cat did some killing. And that means that it is Prethos the Barbarian's turn. Prethos has a crown of madness. Yeah, he does. Courtesy of Captain Laura. So uh, he's going to have to attack Cavalier McMichael. That's really, that's really the only option here. And that is going to be a nice little... Uh, ooh, <laughs> 29 to hit. So that's going to hit. Yeah, that's going to hit real good. And we have uh, a total of five damage on the first attack. He's going to attack again. Is this too soon to do math when the campaign starts, Nate? Do you need to, like, <laughs> ease into math? And then another hit is going to do another 12 damage. Oof. Are you sure it's not 40? I feel like you might just not know how to add yet. <laughs> um, the third attack will miss. Fourth attack. Ooh, that is a critical fail. And that's going to do five damage to himself. That's fun. All right. And that brings us to Captain Laura's turn. Captain Laura, what's going on? I'm in I'm in the apartment, right? Oh, yeah, you are. You're hanging Otis out. Otis is there, and I'm using Crown of Madness. Let's see, is there anything even slightly valuable I can do while holding Crown of Madness? Um, we have a precedent set that you can dispatch cats to do activities, so right. there's always that. Good idea. All right. Um, I thought you could also make melee attacks, right? You just can't do it if you're inside the box. Is that the idea? Yeah, I can't shoot arrows out of my box. Arrow. But you could shoot them in the box. Yeah, I'm not going to shoot Otis. Well, I'm just saying. You said you couldn't do anything. I mean, I'm open to stuff, you know? <laughs> All right, God. Um, could you give me a lay of the land of how my non-apartment com- compatriots are doing? I really want Nate to just be like, you're in a box. <laughs> All you can see is <laughs> out of the box you're in. Well, through... <laughs> it's a four-foot hole, and I can look out of it. Through the through the window in your, in your uh, uh, rope trick pocket dimension, you can see that Polly is out there. You cannot see Villa, because Villa is hidden as usual. And Otis is sitting right next to you. I, I don't know, maybe Otis is on like a yoga ball and he's kind of bouncing while he figure out what the next thing he's going to shoot is. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, there you, you have one uh, living king who isn't crowned. That's the Cavalier, the Centaur. You also see the Minotaur cruising around. The Minotaur has five rounds of control left under Polly's uh, Amulet of False Life. All right, okay. Um, I'm going to pull out Catpolian, um, and I'm going to give Catpolian an exploding cocktail. Great. I'm going to tell Catpolian not to open it yet, uh, but to wait until uh, he's obviously hovering over the enemy. Then I will very quickly take some like used chopsticks that I just keep getting delivered to the apartment in the sky and make a paper airplane sort of fiasco for Catpolian. And then I'm going to remind Catpolian not to be afraid because he's immortal. So even if he doesn't know how to dispatch it on time, he's gonna be okay. And then fling it in the direction of the non-Crown of Madness bad guy. Great. Uh, so yeah, so Catpolian's gonna start just flying that way. Um, let's roll. This is the Michael Keaton Batman all over again. That god awful scene where the penguin straps explosives to all yeah. the little penguins and yeah. sends them in. Yeah. This is a bad idea. Listen, I tested it with one cat before I dispatched all the cats because 
Captain Alora is a scientist. Pedud. I'm gonna summon Peta on my turn. They're immortal. Well, you're immortal too. We're all mortals. That's just how it works. Stop. Stop it. I think it's amortal that you would do that to a cat. Because clearly you don't feel <laughs> the cat's pain. Wait, is it gonna hurt the cat? No, it's not gonna hurt the cat. Yeah. Oh, wait, roll acrobatics. Can the cats feel pain, or can the cats just not die? I mean, I don't. I I think the cats are are sort of transcendent beings. Like only a cat, only another cat could hurt a cat in this universe. And maybe not even then, Peta, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Very Love interest from the Hunger Games. Get out of here, Peta. No. Okay. The Hunger I Games is over. Right now. Oh, yeah, wow. I know. <laughs> he does. Uh, he wants you to roll dice. Oh yeah, but what would you like me to roll? I didn't hear, and I just. Oh yeah, yeah. Roll, roll acrobatics, please. Acrobatics. I'm gonna use luck. Okay. It didn't get much. I don't think this is gonna go well for the cat. Um. Oh, that's a that's a thirteen. Not great for a cat. Okay. Uh, so roll the damage for the exploding cocktail. What is the damage or having an issue finding it? Please tell me she dropped the cat laced with explosives in the pocket dimension. <laughs> no. She goes um, to throw it and the cat just jumps off the back. The exploding cocktail does 3d6 damage plus 3d4 additional damage. Oh, you guys are going to die. You just killed Otis. Uh, I wasn't listening because D&D Beyond won't let me click on things. And then I'm discombobulated. You want 3d6s? Yes, 3d6, and then 3d4 after that. Okay, that's 11. Okay. And another 11. Whoa, you got 11 on 3d4? It. That's crazy. So now you're making me feel like I didn't count right, but I no. feel like I counted right. No, it's, it, it's not bad crazy, it's good crazy. Okay, so that's 22 damage. Here's what's gonna happen. You are gonna take five damage inside the box. As the cocktail breaks on the inside, but yeah, fair. The remaining uh, 17 damage is going to hit that centaur, and he's not going to like it very much because oh, you know all that shrapnel makes him a little horse. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hey, yeah, we're back, baby, we're back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the cat did 17 damage to the centaur, but also five damage to you and Otis. Oh wait, Otis had to take it too. I'm sorry, Otis. Well, you're you're both in the box. There was shrapnel flying everywhere. It's okay. Otis can't access D and D Beyond in his character sheet right now, so he can't take damage. Love yeah, it. he's, he's yeah, technically he's immortal. For <laughs> it's like uh, it's like that Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns has all the diseases at once, so they can't get through the door. Oh yeah, yeah. It's got these three Stooges syndrome. <laughs> all right, uh, now it is going to be. That centaur's turn, and that centaur is going to take a, a couple of swings at Prathos, the barbarian king who has attacked him. So we're gonna do that, and then he's gonna try to attack Polly too. Well, I'm glad the cat's okay. Oh yeah, the, I mean the cat's, you know, uh, the cat's immortal. It's in a way, I think the immortality of cats is more about the fact that it's like kind of damning to live forever and feel no pain because they've seen so many other animals come and go with without, you know, getting the sweet release of death. Well, at least there's a thousand of them in the bag so they can form like a immortal support group. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's factions and division and all these other things, but but your bag has uh, a thousand years of peace inside it as well. I think it just of course. it just you makes know, sense, right? It was one thing that was so terrible that they split its soul into a thousand cats so that it could <laughs> feel the numbing pain and nothingness a thousand times over. So it's like That's a whole dark cat whole crux. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so it's Michael Bolton? Is that, is that the idea? Yes. That's yes. a pork Or is it meatloaf? Ooh. He mm. won't do that. And by that, he means break up into a thousand cats. But then yeah. he had to <laughs> be cast into. <laughs> uh, okay. First attack from the Cavalier on Prethos is a hit. And that's going to do... Uh, ah, Prethos. That's going to do... <laughs> 27 damage. Oh, God. He was the only character from this entire campaign we could potentially make an action figure for. Right. And now he's getting destroyed. He's, he's going to get wailed on. Um, second attack is a miss. And now the Cavalier is going to turn toward Polly and it's going to charge oh. you, Polly. Uh, that oh. is a 24 to hit. That hits, but is there an attack of opportunity from uh, what's his face? That's oh yeah, there is. Match. There will be an attack for for Prethos. We love Prethos. He's <laughs> gonna have a fan club. You're yeah. a fan club. Um, Literally, listeners will write fantasy fiction about Prethos. Tens. Are we One, four, five of the tens? Ones of listeners will write fan fiction about Prethos. We, we have to remember that this could exist forever, so it might be that someone in like a thousand years uh, oh digs up the rubble of this society, finds PhD these recordings. <laughs> or your yeah. PH, whatever they have there. PhD yeah, someone's PhD. studying the decline of America, and they're just like, oh, like, I think this show had something to do with it. Three of the four <laughs> of those players were doctors? They're going yeah. to find out that this podcast was the reason that people stormed the Capitol. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they, he's going to have his entire thesis analyzing the show about how that happened. I mean, by the way, uh, sidebar, but that QAnon documentary on HBO is pretty phenomenal. I recommend watching yeah. it. It's is very interesting. Billy, Billy can't watch it. He gets triggered. Billy is QAnon. <laughs> That's what the PhD is going to hypothesize oh. a thousand years from now. I mean, that explains, I mean, he's the man on the podcast. The Otis yeah. was clearly leaking. Yes, Otis starts with an O, and what does Otis seem to be doing all the time? Holding a pipe. And what does a pipe look like but the leg of a Q? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that checks, man. Uh, you just got someone a PhD. Yeah. <laughs> that segment and then use it in his, in his thesis. Uh, Polly, you take 16 damage from the charge from the Cavalier. Would you roll dexterity for me also? Uh, this is uh, this is an effect I can see. Yeah, you can see him charging at you. I can see it coming. Ooh. Uh, 16 for Polly. Oh yeah, hey, good. You you got hit, but you didn't get knocked over because you're tough. Yeah, I get the uh, hit, but I don't uh, get knocked over again. Yeah, keep me up. Never yeah. gonna fall. Down. Down. <laughs> also, it's entirely possible you're on the Cavalier's back right now, as I'm trying to remember what happened last time. Oh, yeah. You might be mounted, so you'll just take the day. He can't really charge, but he can, like, uh, jab at you. So that's what happened. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Because I, I, I think you're still 
Yeah. Oh, I, well, I was on the Minotaur's back. Wait, you got off and the I Minotaur jumped when off you gave it to the, cat. to the cat. Yeah, but you're right. I think I did mount him. I thought you got on the horse, but does he does seem, sound like you? Does he seem polite but unsatisfied? Because <laughs> that'd probably be on brand. <laughs> you, you really tried. I appreciate. Yeah, he's he's muttering encouraging missives right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Don't worry, that's not bad. The uh, and now Prethos gets an attack of opportunity and he hits, so he is going to do uh, 15 damage to that centaur. Okay, now it is Polly's turn. Polly. Okay, how injured is the man that I am mounted right now? The that, man horse that I'm mounted right now. I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Have I broken another one, or did he break himself? I mean, it's best when they break themselves. That's the most broken they can be. It's true. Yeah, the only the only true destruction of the soul is a personal psychological one. It beat up, real beat up. I wouldn't say at death's door by any means. Mm-hmm. All but, right, but I would say not in great shape. I'm concerned about the crown of badness. Oh well, I does he have an arm? I assume two yeah, arms. Yeah, he's got his two horse legs. Yeah. Uh huh. And what weapons is he holding? Um, he is holding a lance, and uh, that's that's it. He's got a lance, and then he's got his horse hooves that kick pretty hard. Okay. Does he? Can I tell if he's right-handed or left-handed? Uh, I mean, the lance is in the right hand right now. Okay. I'm gonna try to cut off his right arm. Okay. So, I'll, well, I'm raging, so I will. Um, I'll stand on his back, but uh, since I can fly, I'm I'm gonna try to do like a, a flip, like a spinning blade kind of thing. I love it. Let's do some acrobatics in addition to this attack. Oh, that's. Not my best death. <laughs> hindsight, that may have... Oh, a 16. Okay, yeah. You'll, you'll effectively, because you can fly, you have advantage on the on this a little bit, that you can get up in the air and then redirect and dive down. Well, I thought of the happiest things. Oh, uh, 31 to hit. Yeah, that's, that's going to hit, for sure. Oh, and then I got all of you folks here. Oh, there's so much math for Polly. Ooh, um, oh, right. Oh, uh, 42 damage. Oh, uh, yeah, you, you lock the arm right off. Give, give us a description. You're using, you're using the Odachi, I assume. Yes, yes. All right. Um, talk yeah, talk I us feel through like this. It was almost like a Bugs Bunny cartoon where he hovered over and started spinning and just became this bandsaw. And then just straight, straight through that arm. I love it. I love it. And any, do we have any garden witticisms to go with that? We do not. Okay. <laughs> too, too spinny for witticisms. <laughs> and that's okay. the tooth. Uh, I, I did a bonus attack, so I am going to try to catch his arm. Okay. Great. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you catch the arm. Roll, okay. uh, roll dexterity to catch that arm. Okay. We'll see how well you catch it. I mean, you're still flying. Oh, critical fail. Oh no. The arm is going to fall uh, wetly to the floor. Oh. Squick. I don't like the word wetly. <laughs> Damply? I, Moistly? I, 
I think I'm done then. I assume that was part of my second attack and I critically failed it. Yeah, I think I think with the critical fail in it, so you reach out and you're just unable to grab it, but when you land, you can still you still have possession of the arm. Like you'll end up with the arm at the end of the turn, but it just fumbled your ability to do anything cool with it. Yeah, I like you could have caught it and like lanced him himself. Can I get a hand over here, line, and just, just nothing? <laughs> Everybody loves a good handshake. We are jumping now to Villa's turn. Villa! Hey, pause real quick. But as you can see, in, in this room, we've got uh, a lovely mimic stand. Uh, there are plenty <laughs> of empty treasure chests, as well as ones that are monsters. I think we should do targeting advertisements. Why? Like, I would be like, after a hard day of doctoring people with needles and D&D just won't work, mm-hmm. there's nothing that improves my mood like a smooth, easy-riding Montucky cold snack. You can't fuck the horses, Montucky, but you can still drink. Uh... <sighs> God, because because I want all of our listeners to know the situation, and not because I'm not aware of it currently because of inebriating factors. Who's around us? Where is everybody? What's going on? Okay, well, Polly is uh, on the back of the centaur who just attacked him. Prethos, the barbarian king, has a crown of madness on and has been attacking the centaur. And then, uh, yeah, and then you are hidden among the statues in this huge hall. And when you look up, you see uh, kind of the, the glass bottom boat that is finely furnished on the on the upside, on the, uh, the whatever, the top side, the top side. And inside, Captain Laura and Otis are lounging and uh, playing with cats. And slightly injured from the cat not getting out of the hole fast enough with its explosive. It's true, there was shrapnel and, and you did see an explosion well, lovely. I love glass bottom boats. They make the rock and roll go round. How far is everybody from me? Um, you're you're close enough that you could sneak up on anything you wanted. Anything I wanted. I'm gonna use my free action to eat a turkey. Great. And then I'm going to try and kill the thing Polly's riding. Yeah, yeah. Don't hit Polly. The one-armed bandit. No, no promises. Yeah, it'd be great if I could go for the other arm. Let's, let's see if we can have that yeah. happen. Take a shot at that arm. Good old okay. lefty. Be a real Wilco about it. What's the guy's, what's the centaur's name? The centaur's name is uh, Cavalier McMichael. Okay. I feel like Cavalier McMichael should look at his right severed bleeding and just look and be like, don't worry, lefty. You are always my favorite. I ain't gonna let nothing happen to you. <laughs> I won't even put you to sleep anymore before we have a quiet time together. Do, do I get luck again since it's another game? Uh, oh, the inspiration? No, what? Oh, if I... you used it, you've used it. So, okay. yeah. I got an 18. You got an 18? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that's going to hit. That's going to oh, hit. Oh, great. Yep. I thought that was too low. All right, and... He's disarmed and disoriented, so, uh, yeah. It's going <laughs> to hit him. going to hit him. I don't know. He seems to have a real handle on the situation. And an 18 for damage. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I gotta hand it to you, Polly. 
<laughs> applaud? Ah. Uh, oh, he can't applaud. That's right. Yeah. He's bad. <laughs> What's the sound of one hand clapping? Huh? There it is. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's not what we're talking about. Is wow. <laughs> um, Otis, it's your turn. Okay. Um, I can cast out of this box, right? You sure can. Okay. Uh, hmm. Um, our only real threat is the centaur at the moment. Polly's on the back of it, right? He is, yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to spend a sorcery point to cast a careful spell. Um, careful. Nobody else is real close to it, right? Um, I mean, uh, Villa is near also because she just did hack at him. But then did she hide, like jump back or? Well, I don't know. She didn't say if she hid. Okay. Then I'm going to cast, I'm going to use two sorcery points, cast a careful spell and protect each one of them so they automatically pass their saves because oh, I'm going cool. to cast Fireball. That's Excellent. Right. <laughs> oh, but, well. Crown of Madness guy. No, but then they're, they're still going to take damage though, right? Because the, uh, hold on, let me check this. Have I, I got I, an I, offer for you though, Otis? Because I was just thinking <laughs> that. If you want to spend a third sorcery point, we can have the half damage that they would take from that uh, from that fireball. Can I, can I just? I'm already I'm already gonna get half damage because I'm gonna. This guy doesn't have any arms. He just has four horse legs, so he's probably not a huge threat. Versus the guy with crown of madness. That is he injured at all? The crown of madness guy. He's he's yeah he's pretty beat up. How far is he away? Well, he was just attacking the centaur, so he's pretty close. I mean, the centaur ran away. After me, remember? Yeah, yeah. Because the other guy got an attack of opportunity. Right, yeah, yeah. So he's, you know, 15 feet across the room. Okay. I mean, if if you fireballed the crown of madness, would that be 15 feet away? Because that guy's going to have to die, and his crown of madness is going to wear out when, when the armless bandit here bleeds out. Okay, change of plans. I'm casting Shatter on the Crown of Madness guy. Okay. Um, I'm going to do it at level... Mm. <laughs> I like that sound with that. <laughs> level three. So he needs to make a constitution save at difficulty 18. Okay. Fail it. All right. Fail it. <clears throat> he rolled a 16, so that is a Yay! fail. Okay, then he takes 16 damage. Okay. So Otis whistles and there's a cracking sound and Crown of Madness guy is like, I have a splitting headache. That is what he says. And he's a barbarian, so he's like, ugh. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow. That is classist. That is literally <laughs> classist, Nate. He's an ancient barbarian king. It's not about... Oh, Barbarians so like Polly. It was okay to be classist. I see. <laughs> I speak barbarian. That is, um, I have a headache. Ugh. It's like a Groot thing. It's it's not nearly as bad as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now it is Queen Victoria, the Clossum. It yeah, is her turn to guide Mercutio, the Minotaur, to do something. Okay. Um, I feel like cats just know things and not because I didn't write them down. Who's more injured, Crown of Madness or Armless Centaur Gimp? 
I mean, I think by describing him as an armless centaur gimp, you've really sort of described the more injured party. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Crown of Madness has both his arms. We'll, we'll say that at very least. Okay. Um, uh, the Meowsum uh, is going to, I think, roll over on her back a little bit on the on the shoulders of the Minotaur to get like a good scratching. Oh yeah. Um, and that's not gonna go well. Like the Minotaur is not the right shape for scratching and that's gonna piss this cat off. So the cat's gonna right itself, get up on the mentor's head, mentor's, Minotaur's head, glare <laughs> at the crown of madness guy. And even though I feel like the cat knows somewhere that Polly wouldn't want this one attacked, Fuck it, the cat does not care, and and leads the Menatar into full Crown of Madness battle. Okay, so just gonna charge in at the Crown of Madness one. Yeah, I love it. All right, so you get uh, you get three attacks from Mercutio the Minotaur. Oh, I'm ready. They're plus ten to hit. Fourteen. That that will miss. Twenty. Twenty will hit. Fifteen. 15 will miss. Um, 3d12 damage on the on the hit. Oh no, I'm not, oh, I'm not rolling well. 16. Okay. She That's what me. I did. Told you to take a level of Barbarian. It's a cat. Told that cat to take a level of Barbarian. <laughs> He's a diplomacy kind of cat. Maybe. I don't really understand. I don't, you should have got- What is Queen Victoria's history? Queen Victoria's She hates- the legs on tables. Got to right. put a cloth on there. I'm offended. Uh, that's some esoteric knowledge you either knew or made up. No, I mean I think I know it. God, I hope I know it. The lines blur the older you get. Sometimes it's just no. like, oh, did, is this a yarn I spun when I was twenty? <laughs> oh, <I know. laughs> big conspiracy, mate. We should ask Otis. He does know. Run out of the back of a pizza shop. <laughs> Old bunch of history is a bunch of lies. That's why they call it history, because it's all all the his stories they make up to oppress us. It's true. It's true. The patriarchy. I feel like you and Hermione Granger don't actually have anything in common. No, that's true. She's fictional for one thing. So you're, there's that. You're fictional. That's true, though. I am, in a sense, fictional since we do live in a computer program. We do not live in a computer program. We live fictional, in a just like campaign. the COVID virus, right? I, I, I don't know. I cannot even fathom how our programming overlords decide what happens and how. I suspect what. Well, they had to keep us inside so they could change the batteries and all the birds. It's true. What I suspect true. happened, since everyone wants to know, I think. <laughs> You're probably like the sixth grade programming project for some hyper intelligent being. And the kid just left on our world. Like he got like a C plus on the assignment and he just <laughs> left it running and then forgot about it. And so we're just- We might just operate on like a potato battery to be honest. Right. We're lucky that anything still works in this simulation. This is like that Matthew McConaughey movie about uh, it's him and uh, Princess Diaries and... Wait, is that the one where like his parents hire someone to date him so he leaves the house? Cause that's no, really well, that's, that's the Sarah Jessica Parker one. This one is about uh, a kid who programs uh, a fictional world that his dad lives in and tries to catch a fish. Does he 
talk in a southern accent really slowly during the film. I mean, is it a Matthew McConaughey film? <laughs> <laughs> I just try to narrow it down. So, yeah. you know. It's not, it's not one of his Shakespearean turns, I'll say. Like, wait a second, I'm thinking of Dwayne Rock Johnson. That's never mind. I always mix those two up. <laughs> Does Matthew McConaughey have a southern accent? Um, kind of. What? Yeah. He's from Texas. Yeah. You're from Texas. I am not. I don't know. All but right, all right, all right. Did uh, Did you see the Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson um pick surfer comma dude <laughs> surfer no. dude no i mean i do enjoy no. it once I, so I should watch it i bet it's just a big fun grammatical fest oh it's 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 something yeah i think that what that is comma... happening right now <laughs> <laughs> all right i agree let's yeah on a mcconaughey tangent all I want to say is that comma in that title means that somebody who's trying to alphabetize that movie in the store has a horrible time because it comes up as comma dude surfer on a, on a receiving list. Okay, we're back to the top of the order. Prethos, the crowned of madness barbarian is going to attack the Cavalier. Uh, first attack is a miss. Second attack is a hit. That's gonna be 12 damage. Third attack, oh, natural 20 that's gonna do uh that's gonna do a lot of damage right there uh yeah cavalier's looking real beat up and last attack is going to just miss oh wow oh wow oh wow okay now it is captain laura's turn captain laura all right you would think i had learned my lesson from the cat incident of 2021 but you were wrong uh because i'm bored and I want to do something other than Crown of Madness, and I can't. So would you have called that a catastrophe. At the time? I would call just, it a catastrophe. Just drop Crown of Madness. I'm not gonna do that. It's clearly the most powerful thing I have to do. Yeah, but the other guy is bleeding out and has no arms, and the guy that has Crown of Madness just took his turn. Yeah, we're fine. Okay. All right. All right. I'll get my my three most trusted. No, actually, what am I talking about? It's a risk. I'm gonna reach into the bag and get the cats that I have no emotional bond to. I'm talking like one naked cat, um, maybe that black cat that's just kind of bitchy, um, and the one that scratched me in the face the other day. I haven't named them, I'm not that attached. Uh, I'm gonna give them each a exploding cocktail. And I'm just going to remember the cats fall on their feet. Oh, this, you did. And I'm just going to- uh, Careful, Captain, careful. No, okay, here's the plan. I'm gonna I'm gonna group them all together and I'm gonna stick my arms out of the hole. Okay. And I'm going to look at them and say, Now you've wronged me, cats, even though you're cats. And I think this is a great way for you to replay me from that time that you scratch me in the face and then the other one that's just naked and that's weird. So if you succeed in not hurting Otis and hurting this armless centaur that I'm gonna throw you towards. Uh, I'm be very pleased with you, and I'm gonna give you the really nice apartments in the bag. And then I'm just gonna throw them. Is it possible to roll triple disadvantage? I feel like she's grouped three cats that don't like her together, <laughs> and she's trying to fish them through a small four-foot hole opening while they have bombs on their backs. I mean, not for nothing. It is it is taking some non-converted members of the party and trying to force suicide bomberdom on them. <laughs> not that they can die. They can't die. They know that. They they know they can't die. 
Oh, no, uh, it's not the death of the cats. I'm just curious how much dexterity you're going to need to roll on this. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, please do roll acrobatics for this uh, for this cat dropping, this Operation okay. Kitty Drop. First one is a 27. Okay, that's great. Uh, 25. Okay, yeah. 16. You were so close to 30, you almost passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, all three of them are going to get out of there, get out of that box. And, and they're going toward the centaur and start rolling that damage for the exploding cocktails. What is it again? Well, so it's 3d6 for each one. So 9d6. So three explosive cats at a centaur with no arms that's almost dead that I'm sitting on the back of. And Villa is right next to. Well done. All right. Let's see how this plays out. Well, when you okay, why do you warn Otis before he does stupid stuff, but you don't warn me before I, I do stupid stuff? From the get go, don't attack that guy, Ruth. Otis <laughs> getting better. He didn't hurt nobody. Yeah, Otis didn't throw three exploding cats at me. <laughs> uh, God, will you allow me to do a, a wrist flick so I fling two of them towards the other one, or have I committed to this terrible path? I think here's what I think. We have established just earlier on your previous turn that cats quote know what's going on these cats may not like you but they're gonna look at the situation and go i don't think we need to blow up this guy this much so yeah a couple of them can go toward prethos that works thank you god first rolling is a nine which i rolled terribly okay uh the next one is also a nine. Oh wow i've never rolled so many ones uh and then a 12. okay so you will send that first nine over and it will blow up Cavalier McMichael and the horse is dead. Now, uh, please roll 3d4 for the shrapnel damage that will impact Polly and Villa. And then you rolled high for all of that. I got an 11. Okay, so you each take 11 damage. Sorry, guys. Shards of glass come flying um, at you. I'm gonna do that thing that lets me roll to avoid area of effect okay yeah things you're, you're uncanny dodging yeah that's what it's called it's so uncanny it's crazy you'd think you were an x-man yeah. oh man so to Aerial out of the way, I rolled a 27. Okay, great. Very good. So you don't take any damage at all? Can't touch us. No. <laughs> all right. So yeah, so Polly, you take those 11 damage, and otherwise you're good. Five. I'm take five, and you're just going to have to be happy with me. That, that's fine <laughs> with me, too. Okay, so the, the remaining 21 damage will go into Prethos, whose crown of madness evaporates from his head as he's hit. And as the cavalier dies. Yeah. What I like is I spend almost every night after D&D for the last several months bitching about people killing my crown of madness out of order. And, and you did it. I, and then I did it with some kittens. I'm just saying, I don't know if this is my most strategic game. Um, you do still need to roll another 6d4 for the shrapnel damage on Prethos. 17. Okay. Now it is Polly's turn. Polly, the yeah. horse you rode in on just died. <laughs> you know, <laughs> horse. 
Uh, yeah, Polly is go. How far away am I from Prethos? Um, Prethos is pretty close to you because he just came over to attack. Yeah. Uh, hey. Uh, oh. So how how is pretty close? We talking ten feet, five feet? Um, like right right near you. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're within striking distance, but I assume that when the when the horse died, you would have kind of hopped off to the side. Am I close to a wall? I mean, aren't we always? I'm gonna take that as a yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Polly is going to, as the horse carcass, the horseman carcass is falling, he is going to, uh, he's going to determined look, get on, bend down, and he's, uh, I'm gonna go uh, crouching Polly, hidden statue, and he's gonna jump, fly off the horse, hit, do a flip, hit the wall, and then try to barrel straight in like an arrow, so he's going to be spinning. And do a barrel roll. With the sword right out in front. I love it. Okay. The production values on this battle are uh, uh, through the roof. He's Yeah, he's going to have nothing for the last boss. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's going to have to walk in and throw a stick at him and be like, I'm done, guys. That's all I got. Does anybody have a potion of wire work for me? I need need to be able to do more stunts. The cats can do this stuff. Should I just roll a hit? Do I need acrobatics? What oh yeah, doing? no, roll. Just roll the hit. I I love this. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the fact that you know one you can fly, two, the horse just died, so you kind of come out of this flying out of this explosion and just come spinning, at this guy whose his crown of madness is literally like dissipating as you're flying toward his face. And I got a twenty five to hit. That's it. Yeah, that that a hit. That's it. Oh god. All right. Um. 44 damage. Oof. Wow. Okay. He'll never walk. He's <laughs> he's certainly looking a little bow-legged at the moment. Uh, great. And uh, do you take your second attack then? Uh, yeah. I, so what happened? Is the sword impaled in him? Am I still holding the sword? You, you can just kind of fly in and give a nice normal stab and then... I assume you would try to pull it back, but if you're leaving it there, you can leave it there. Oh, natural 20. Yeah, 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 okay. I think he's gonna die. So here's the thing. I also, I forgot this the last time I had natural 20. One of my things is I get bonus stuff when I crit. So this is gonna be vicious. Oh, I need to confirm though, right? Does Uh, that only invoke when I confirm? No, your your, class-based stuff happens no matter what. It would just okay. be the double damage thing to confirm. So I'd roll to do that. I'll roll one additional weapon die when determining extra damage for critical. So I get another D6 there, but I should confirm. Yeah, confirm it to see if we're gonna double the base damage. Ooh, do I add my hit modifier to that? Yeah. Oh, 20 then. Yep, that, that'll confirm. Okay, so I rolled twice, is that right? Yes. So you roll roll the the base damage twice, and then all your additions. Oh. I mean the the addition you get for your class, you roll once. Gotcha. Okay. But roll the regular damage twice. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> uh. Okay. Twenty two. Okay. Um. Jesus, I'm gonna need to run this down. I got. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Ooh, okay. And then be sick for injury with a one. Okay. Do some high level mapping. Oh, that one really 
Uh, 81 damage. Oh, wow. Oh, could I, since I hit him, yeah. could I just uh, try to cut him in half? I'm just going to, like, jump back in the air and just try to hoss him straight down the middle. Okay. This this is on the... Uh, on The, the sagittal plane. That's the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is on that same attack that you just rolled the, the nat 20 on? Yeah, yeah. That's my nat 20 with 81 damage. Okay. So you, you're cutting him in half with the 81 damage? I'm going to try. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Odachi is going to go through him, like, splits his head, splits him down the shoulders, but this is a real Beetlejuice situation, and he's not dead yet, so he's kind of, like, tipping out from the center along that sagittal plane. He's peeling like a little banana man, but he's still connected to the waist, so he's kind of, like, swinging his arms around. That's, uh, yeah, wow. Okay. Then it's Villa's turn. Villa! Do you know the banana man? He's a banana man who does what the ban- banana man can. It's true. He was That's bitten by a radioactive banana. banana. No, Just don't mean. look in the mirror. Is that the one? He lives down by Drury Lane or something? Um, <laughs> I am going to try and hit him. <laughs> Great. Let's Great. get him. Get him. You have advantage because guess what? A guy that's mostly split in half and very wounded is kind of not really going to be dodging a lot. Okay. So have advantage on your attack. Excellent. That comes to 25. That's, that's a hit. hit. Yep, that's a hit. Hey, thanks. 19. And, and then, you, you're striking with the uh, surgeon's blade? Yes. Okay. So you strike with the surgeon's blade. You do 19 points of damage. And you just finish the perfectly perforated cut that Polly made. Hey. And Prethos falls into two bisected pieces. Excellent. He's dead. Whoop, whoop. Woo! You did it. I'm I'm going to immediately, while I'm still raging, fly up and take the false life amulet off the Minotaur. Okay. And yeah, and then the Minotaur. So the Minotaur is like running toward the battle with a cat on his shoulder, and you take the amulet off, and he stops suddenly. And the cat's going to just kind of fly off and land <laughs> on its feet. That like, sounds like bad. Spider-Man. I'm going to lower the rope and then uh, gesture for Otis to follow me down and get my bag of kittens. And I'm going to crawl back down and I'm going to turn to the rest of my team. Boys, I'm really sorry about the whole exploding cat thing. I just have been really distracted about Shanti feeling ill on our airship. And then I'm going to bend down and I'm going to see the little three cats. And I was like, guys, you've really redeemed yourself in my eyes. I just, I really think you're good cats now. And I'm going to try to nuzzle them. And you know, the first thing you're going to do is call call me in the face. And I'm going to be like, all right, I deserve that. And then put them all back in my bag. All right. All those cats are bagged up. Uh, are there any, can I start searching? These were statues, so is it safe to say they didn't have any items? Or pockets? Well, there were some things, because all three of those kings that you were just fighting suddenly disappear into nothingness, as if they were never there at all. But... Was this all a dream name? It's a witch! It lost two! (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, you guys are all, this this church that you're in is where, because you're all dead. That's, that's the joke. Um, uh, no, that you find five three-course meals. All right. 
You also find three... two of those, Polly or Otis? I mean, maybe Polly instead of Otis, because I think Polly got the shit beat out of him. Oh, yeah. I'm fine. I yeah. got 58 hit points left. Oh. So yeah, if you want the second one, Otis, you, I, that's fine. I only need one. I got 13 nudie mags, so... <laughs> I have some I Love Lucy dinnerware. I remember where in the campaign I collected them, but they're still in my inventory. All right, well, I'll take two, but if anyone needs one later on, just let me know. I can redistribute. You okay. also find 300 gold pieces. Okay. Way to make it hard for us to split that. Yeah. Up. I know. We I know. each get 150. Uh, ow. <laughs> All right, so 75 <laughs> times is uh, 300. Yeah, so it's 75 piece. <laughs> That's right, isn't it? You said I'll take... 75 times four is 300, or right? Or is it? Yes, yeah. That's right. It is. Yeah, what? I don't, what, why, what? 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 It's I'm Friday. Very... We're snarky. Don't question us. <laughs> um, additionally, you find three emblems of Concord. Concord. Oh, are they grape items? Yeah, mm. yeah. They're they're uh, they're. I mean, they're purple flavored. They're purple juice. <laughs> you would yeah. think grape, but yeah, technically just purple. Um, these emblems of Concord are markers bestowed upon the kings of Santo Palacio. So you have three because there were three kings there. And uh, they provide plus four hit point recovery per turn. So every single turn you gain four hit points back by wearing it. But there's only three of them. And they are in D&D Beyond so you can look them up. Uh, but yeah, so you, you all just have to decide who's who needs hit point recovery and who doesn't. Otis, you should definitely take one. I almost never take damage, so I probably shouldn't. I should probably take I one. almost yeah. never take damage because you hide. So Danny's character, if she goes to zero, she comes she doesn't die, she goes to one hit point. No. But you have stuff that has damage for you, right? For areas of attack. Yeah. Oh oh gotcha. Don't you have an uncanny dodge only works for AoE areas of attack? For for like a, a big spell, yeah, that's trying to hit multiple of us. What's your ACs? Oh, mine's very high. Uh, uh, 17. 18. 14. How many hit points do you have? I have 83. Uh, when, when I... Really? How do I have more than you? I have 93. Oh, wow. Actually, I... I mean, I'm a bard. I feel like everyone should have a higher <laughs> AC for me. It's weird that Otis doesn't. No, it's 14. Oh, you should 14? Oh, AC. What's your, How many hit points do you have? Oh, uh, total. He has 14. <laughs> He's definitely going to die. <laughs> uh, 74. Oh, shit, I sneezed. He's dead. I think Otis and I should definitely take one. Yeah. A piece. Hello, um, why don't which, you take one? Yeah, whichever of you want. Because I'm going to hide in my apartment, and you're not. Uh, okay. I'm coming over. Yeah, I thought you were. It's pretty <laughs> just for us gimpy people. Maybe I should take all three and just see if I can just walk through the rest of the Yeah, campaign. we can all hide in the apartment and then just yeah. Polly can fight. Because it's what, so that's Sorry, every- Nate, what was it called? It's called a Emblem of Concord. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That means they'd have to do 24 damage every round on me to slowly kill me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Listen, I if I had one, I'd give it to you. So you pick up all these items and you're feeling good about yourselves because you just killed these three kings. But those those big doors uh, yeah. behind you, 
that that are behind that empty pedestal, they don't open. Instead, a stale and eerie wind swirls through the atrium, and the lights go out again into deepest darkness. None of you can see anything, and you can't even be sure where you are. Here. Hey guys, I don't know where I'm going, and only God knows where I've been. Oh boy. Uh, I'm scared, so I reach my hand and I grab a cat and I, I nestle it. Nuss, nuzzle it. Nuzzle it? Bake it a cake. N- nuzzle? Bake it a cake. <laughs> um, when the lights come back up, and they do, magically and mysteriously, that empty pedestal where you found kind hero Eustatius's head. So a head now. Yes, that empty pedestal. Okay. <laughs> now has a statue of a golden dragon sitting atop it. It's my orb. And the kind hero Eustatius's head is in that dragon's mouth. On the floor, in front of the statue, you see three metal objects. There is a battle axe, a harp, and a lance. All right, I'm a bard, so I think I should go try to play that harp. Who thinks that's a good idea? Yeah, so, play me a song. Cool. I'm gonna walk up and grab the harp, and I'm gonna play. I think um, bridge over uh, troubled water. Okay. Um, I'm gonna hide. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good idea. <laughs> I'm gonna just step in between Otis and what's going on with. Uh, the, the person that didn't take the brooch that restores health. Uh, it's a musical instrument. I'm a bard. That's like asking Otis not to take drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fighting a losing battle there. <laughs> Captain Laura, roll performance. Dun, 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 dun. Ooh, I don't know. Use my luck. Oh, wow. It got worse. Uh, that is only an 18. Oh, yeah. No, an 18 is great. You, you play the harp, and, and I mean, it's as if the, the great traveling uh, muses, Sir Simon and... Uh, Garfield. <laughs> and Squire Garfunkel. Oh, Squire. Oh, Garfield, that's a cat. <laughs> he hates Mondays. Okay, cool. Um, also, the cat Garfield <laughs> followed me out of the bag, kind of like doing some like percussion backup. Nice. Um, yeah, you play you play the song so well. It's beautiful. Uh, and you see that the statue raises one of its claws and turns it over so that the claw is upturned as if it's ready to cradle something. Are there any talons that are raised higher than the other talons? Like noticeable talons? Yeah, like is it flipping us off? Because oh, maybe no. it doesn't like Simon and Garfunkel. And it's just <laughs> like... Uh, Death metal and nothing, asshole. <laughs> um, I mean, no, no, there's no uh, obscene gesturing from this dragon statue that you can tell. Right. I mean, it might be obscenely gesturing in dragons. Right. So, roll, roll to see if you understand the way that British people flip you off, because it looks <laughs> very different. Oh, fifteen. <laughs> Am I offended? I rolled a fifteen. <laughs> yeah, you're you're kind of offended, but you're not entirely sure why. But you feel really confident that you're offended. I'm gonna look back at it. It was, it was this guy up here, dragon sitting there thinking he's better than us. 
So while this is happening, Garfield, who I think is very used to performing with me, sees the upturned hand and thinks that might be someone offering us commerce for our good song. So Garfield, being a very dexterous, though fat cat, is going to lumber up onto the bear uh, pedestal. I guess not bear anymore. To the pedestal and then lumber up the dragon statue and then try to curl up in the hand. Okay. All right. Yeah. Nothing happens. The the hand actually just turns right back over and drops Garfield onto the floor. Oh, Garfield does not like that, nor does Captain Alora. Puzzles are great. Ungrateful dragon. <laughs> okay, how big is the dragon? The dragon's like eight feet tall. Oh, okay. All right, Polly. Polly, how if I? What if I played like a really like a like a fight song and then while i was playing it you guys picked up the other weapons and then we like activated the weapons with the fight song maybe it's like get everything involved garfield would like that what do you think uh the uh, i okay is it it's a stone statue it's an inanimate object right it's it's a gold statue but yes okay it is inanimate although it is animated because it because it's hand turned over. And... Can we melt it down? Um, I'm going to put the Amulet of Frost wow. Life on it you because sound like Otis. I get to control it for 1d8 rounds. So, I'm yeah, I'm going to walk over there and put the uh, amulet on it and see what it does. Okay. You put the amulet on the statue and the dragon sort of just roars and, and starts coming to life. Cool. Okay, um, I, oh, 1d8, cha 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 Oh wait, that's the wrong die, thank God. Cause I rolled a zero and that should not be possible. <laughs> yeah. so, <that> no <laughs> turns for you. You, uh, seven. Okay. okay, so seven turns, this dragon will be under your control. Put hey, the dragon. amulet on its skin and well, this gets the hose again. <laughs> hey dragon, can you fly, try to fly through that door? The, the dragon, like, beats its wings, but it is secure to the pedestal. It can't, it can't go anywhere. It just, it, it, it makes a good attempt, but it can't do anything. Yeah, okay. Uh, can you drop that head out of your mouth? It tries to open its mouth. You can see it's, like, fighting to open its mouth, but its mouth won't open. Hey, guys, this dragon sucks. Uh, you, you want me to tell it to do anything? Uh... <laughs> I, I mean, we could tell it to turn up its claws and try to put stuff in its hands, other than cats. Can you give us a hint as to what we need to do? Tell it to go away. I'm gonna... Hey, dragon, uh, well, I can't leave the pedestal. Hey, dragon, turn up your uh, claw again. The the dragon turns the claw up that, that it turned up before. All right, I'm gonna put the harp in it. Okay. The dragon's hand clasps the harp. Gar Garfield is upset about this. Garfield was like, I was gonna hang out there, and he just kind of like walks around and glares at you and then takes a nap. Uh, okay, dragon, uh, turn up your other claw. It tries to move its other claw, and it, it can't move it. Okay, guys, I only one place this lance is gonna fit. I, I take the lance, hole? Or... I try to insert the lance rectally. Is <laughs> 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 that, how does that work? There's there's not really an opening in the uh, back of the dragon, yeah. but while you're on the way there, you might roll an investigation check to see if you notice an opening that looks lance shaped on the front. The dragon. Uh, 18. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You notice there is there is a a nice 
conical lance-shaped hole in the dragon's belly. That's rude. Okay, I'm going, what's the other item? The other item is a battle axe. Should we, what do you think guys? Should I try to jam a battle axe in that uh, pole-shaped thing on his stomach? All right, I'll I'll put the the pole in. I feel like we were just watching this SVU episode the other night. I'm just, just the tip though. Okay, of the lance? Still a little bit of a butt. It's a belly button. (laughs) Belly but on. Oh. (laughs) All right. Polly's going to put the pole in and then step back. Okay. Yeah. The the lance slides right into the opening in the dragon's belly. He says, for all those listeners that want softcore dragon porn, (laughs) he slips his throbbing hard lance. (laughs) No. Yeah, the, the, the lance appears to be secure. And the... the That's what she said. <laughs> and the dragon's... The statue's eyes start to glow. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. She says from the shadows. <laughs> All right, where do you guys think we should put this axe? Maybe someone should investigate the dragon. Yeah. See if there's a place for the axe. Uh, 23. Captain Laura, you notice immediately that there's like a huge gash in the neck of this dragon. Not what? where that was going. All right, I put I put Garfield the cat in the gash. What? Okay. I kid, I kid. <laughs> this is why that's how I feel when you mount things in the middle of battle. I put the ax in the gash. Okay. That's actually worse. That's really worse. I mean, I didn't put the lance in the gash. Come on, guys. So yeah, the axe sinks into the opening on the neck and the statue <laughs> opens its mouth and spits out the head. The head rolls across the floor and everyone needs to roll a constitution save. Hashtag smash the gash, dragon edition. Ooh. <laughs> Polly rolled a 22. Okay. Uh, 20 unnatural. Okay. 21. Okay. Villa? Villa doesn't roll. 19. All right, yeah, you're you're all fine. You all jump aside. A plume of poison green fire shoots out of its mouth. Nah. <laughs> I'm going, I'm gonna do what the uh, uh, misanthrope undergrads at King's College did to Jeremy Bentham's head as their rivalry of University College mascot. I'm going to take my great ax and just smack the head against the door like a golf club. All right. Um, yeah, go ahead and roll strength for that. Oh, okay. Uh, 18. All right. Yeah, yeah. You you just deliver that head into the door. The door starts to open, but the door's not open enough, so the head just sort of splatters against mm-hmm. the door. Yeah. Uh, a, a tragic end to the last remaining part of kind hero Eustatius, former ruler of this kingdom. Um, <laughs> he for a while and nice to us, but Polly, you just desecrated his head. He spit out poison. No, he like, didn't do it. The he dragon didn't. The dragon he did was it. Actively protecting us from it, and then you desecrated his head. Why'd you do that? Just mean, Polly. Hey, so mean. Uh, I'm just trying to protect everybody. But uh, you know, next time I'll just step to the back and uh, let you guys do it. <laughs> Good luck with that. Garfield, <laughs> we're gonna stare at each other angrily. We know what Polly's up to. The the doors, those large doors, rumble open on their own, 
And in front of the pedestal where the dragon statue stands emerges a magical vending machine. Ooh. Bing, bing, bong. I am Mr. Food Song. Please insert gold pieces. How many gold pieces? What do we see in there? You see several apples. They're five gold pieces each. You see uh, several turkeys, 20 gold pieces each. You see five three-course meals for 30 gold pieces each. And you see five potions of soul. These are each 50 gold pieces. These potions of souls contain the essence required to restore spent spell slots. Oh. Oh, yeah, I'm going to buy all of those. How much are they? <laughs> the potions of soul are 50 gold pieces each. I definitely want one of those. You should get two of those. How many are there, Nate? Five. Yeah, you should both take all five of those, the two cool. of you. I'm just going to put $250 of gold in there, and then I'm going to give three to Otis and two to me. Woo! So this potion, swirling with ethereal life, restores one spell slot of your choice when consumed. Woo! One cannot be sure whose souls reside in the potent mixture or how it was obtained. A little flavor text for you. Exciting. I would... I would like to buy one turkey and one three-course meal. How much is that, Nate, total? Turkey is 20, three-course meal is 30, so 50 total. Okay. So there's no chance we can, like, charm this vending machine, right? (laughs) To, like, give us some discounts? Unfortunately, no. (laughs) It appears both magical and without uh, a personality. How many of each of the foods are left? Like how many three-course meals, turkeys? Um, so there are four three-course meals left, and I guess eight turkeys and ten apples. I oh. bought one three-course meal. I did the same thing Melody did. So okay. So yeah. So now there's three three-course meals and uh, seven turkeys. Danny, do you want any food? Yeah, I'll take a three-course meal and two turkeys for whatever amount of money Nate tells me it costs. Um, that's going to be seventy gold pieces. On it. Okay, I'm gonna give the machine 210 and buy everything else. All right. Feed it in there. Well, we do we get a long rest? Because I assume it's gonna be like 15 hours to just sit at this vending machine and serve it like a thousand gold coins (laughs) at a time. You all get, uh, you will get a, a partial rest here, so you can restore your health. And spellcasters, you can pick four spell slots to recover. Can I get my temporary health back too? Yeah, 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 yeah. Temp hit points, the brooch recharges. What about my bardic inspiration dice? Yeah, okay, sure. You played some mean Simon and Garfunkel earlier, so you're feeling very inspired. What about my lucky slots? Oh, for Christ. (laughs) Two lucky slots come back. Thanks, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do all this because it's about to get real. You're about to get real. I mean, I probably should. I'm almost 40. <laughs> 40! Okay. We're just gonna all move to another country and then start a little commune. Where we'll just play this all day, and then we'll spend our gold pieces on slutty goblins and jugs of wine. Another another fun and exciting thing that happens to all of you is you all level up. Yay! Oh! Yeah. Oh! oh shit. Really buried the lead there, God. I know. I know. That is exciting. 
Oh, 11. Oh, 11. Do you think that I'll get a spell slot that'll allow me to conjure that horse I'm never going to use? Because if so, I'm all over it. Where is my orb, Nate? It's probably in the next room where the door <laughs> just opened. Maybe you should run in there without thinking about it. See what happens. <laughs> no, it's like uh, it's like the time travel Halloween Simpsons episode where there are no orbs, but then it rains and it's just all orbs. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you won't notice until it's ironically too late. So as you're leveling up, those big doors open, and inside that room, the throne room, a long red carpet runs from the doorway up to an elevated, massive throne. And on that throne, you see Murder Duncan Bloodspell. Shut up! What? Sitting casually, eating an apple. His visage is scarred by magic, and he smirks. Well, Bloody well, murder well. Duncan spell. It is you. <laughs> Dan you shields of mother's love and Dan rolls immediately kills him. <laughs> I mean, what a finale if that happens. Like, you <laughs> might as well try when he hits you. I'm obviously going to every single time. If you get a match, I mean, that's the end of it. So he's chomping on an apple and, and he just says, Well, 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 what have we here? And we'll see you next week. Bye. Yeah. Real? I like that we were all like, is Nate going to let us talk? I feel like Nate's going to not let us talk. Everyone just see. <laughs> I can't believe we finally made it. It's, it's I don't want to make it. It's almost, that means it's over. Roll for Blank Streets of Mage is written by me, Nate Regolia. It features player performances by Billy Ferguson, Race Garber, Danny Headland, and Melody Stevens. Our theme music is A Journey Awaits by Pierre Bondifer at P-B-O-N-D-O-E-R on the socials. It's Creative Commons via opengameart.org. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. It's like casting bless on our whole party, and we can use all the help we can get. Otherwise, buy some D&D books or whatever RPG lights you up and get rolling.